Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Let's give a warm WCF welcome to Randy and Jill Nielsen. Love you, bro. Thank you so much. He's got his Thank already you so there. Much. It's such a joy to be here with you today and see many friendly faces, a few that aren't so friendly, but most, most of you are really friendly faces. <laughs> we have the honor of coming down and, and being with you during our OBFF conference and, and other times, and we see Jesus in this church. Did you know that? Amen. We see the life of God, not just in your pastors, but in all of you as well. And it's been our, our joy to be able to, to travel with, with Pastor Rick and Kathy to various parts of the world and see how God carries the heart of Jesus inside of them and just impacts people's lives. And even in this nation, it's been my joy to travel from one side to the other and north and south and all around it and just to, to see how God is, is using your pastors to be able to bring groups together, bring people together so that Jesus is seen. It's not about the group you belong with. Is that right? It's not about the label over you. I've discovered something, that if you love Jesus, the label that you have is going to blow off on the way up. And if you don't yet, it's going to burn off on the way down. So either way, it doesn't really matter the label you have. <laughs> so we're very honored to be here. You know, your pastors are recognized all over the world. And what they teach you and how they live here is what they carry everywhere they go. And you know, God has unique ways of bringing people into your life. And he brings them for purpose. And we are so thankful that he brought them into our lives. Because it makes us better because of what they carry. And it also helps us to fulfill what we've called. But you as a congregation have been a great blessing. And you may not even know that. But many times... Us, as well as many other churches, bring people here. And we bring our churches and our leaders and our members to different meetings, to different conferences. You know, girl time's always a wonderful time to come. And I try to bring whoever I can because we receive. You see, God has a way of intersecting our lives. And everything he does, he does for purpose to make us better people, but also so his kingdom can come. Don't you want his kingdom to come in Canada? Yeah, Don't you want to see the presence of God across this land? Amen. He said his w will will come across this land from the east to the west, from the rivers of the far north to the south. And we believe that Canada shall be saved. But he is looking for you and I to rise up. He's looking for you and I to carry the righteousness that he has, that he has placed within us, and stand firm no matter what comes, so that we can see his glory across this land. 
That is why he has us in Canada. It's not so we can say we're Canadians. It's so we can carry the glory of God across this land, into the businesses, into the hospitals, into the streets of our cities and towns, so that his presence will be known. So we don't have to worry about what the government does. We don't have to worry about what's going on around. We just have to be his people wherever we are and allow his presence to come. Okay, that's not part of the message, but, <laughs> but he is so concerned about you and I. And so, Pastor Rick, I think we need to take a box of your books home and that video clip because people today need to know faith. You know, we've heard it, but we really need to understand and walk in it every day so that we truly can see Jesus' presence the way the Bible talks about it. Through you and I, everyday people, every day. Amen. You know, faith, faith is important, isn't it? The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I never grew up this way. I never grew up in a church. I, I never went to church except uh, two or three times uh, up until I reached into my teens. And I didn't know anything about faith. I thought it was, uh, I didn't know what I thought. <laughs> I didn't think much of anything, actually. I was kind of crazy. But, but then I discovered, I'm, I met somebody who had faith. Have you met somebody that has faith? And you, you see the life of God inside of them and you say, yeah, I want that. That's what happened to me as a, a, an 18-year-old. And so I married her. And uh, we've, been, we've been married now for 48 years, okay? And so, and so I've discovered that you can see faith in others, but God wants our faith to grow. Is your faith growing? Well, I trust that, you know, if maybe it's your first time here. You say, who are these crazy people? Well, uh, we're just normal like you and, and have our quirks and, and our weirdness as well. But yet God loves us all, doesn't he? And he wants us to have faith, faith to believe in him, faith to act like him, faith to, to just live in a way that makes a difference in the lives of others, empowered by a living God. That's what he wants for every single one of us. First time here, that's what he wants for you. If you're watching over the internet, it doesn't matter. That's what he wants for you. And so I heard a, a story I've actually read about a man that I'd heard about and even had first-time people that, that had been with him tell me about. And he was born many, many years ago in England. Name was Smith. And he was born in such a poor family, listen to this, that at six years of age, he had to go and work himself. And so he was out in the fields like you see around here and picking turnips at at six years of age, in order to help his family. Never went to school, structured school, never even learned to read until he was up almost to 20 years of age. At seven, he graduated out of his, his turnip pulling job and went to, to work in a factory in a cotton mill. Isn't that crazy? Working 12 hours a day at seven years of age up well into his teens didn't know God, his parents didn't know God. But while he was working in the fields, 
he talked to God and it seemed God talked to him and he had a, had a vision in his heart to do something for God that he didn't even know. Do you know we can be like that? I believe God puts visions in young people, puts little seeds inside of them that, that there's, there's greatness in them. And sometimes they don't hear the right things so those seeds don't really take root. But for him, it, it started to. And when he entered into his teens, he had, a, he had a, a grandmother that prayed for him. How many grandmas do we have that pray? Had a grandmother that prayed for him and then took him to church with her. She was the only one in the family that they know of that went to church. And when he was there, he made a strong decision to serve Jesus the rest of his life. He got born again. Baptized. That, that, that church, they, they sprinkled. <laughs> So he went to a Baptist church and got baptized. And his life turned around and he discovered that inside of him, that seed that, that he, he discovered as a boy in the, in the turnip fields was, was to tell others about Jesus. And so he just started to do that naturally. And in fact, he actually led his own mom to the Lord as a teenager. Wow. And then as, as young boys do, like he was, he was excited about God. And at that time, the Salvation Army was was an army looking to bring salvation, okay, to wherever they went. And he, he joined up with them and then met a girl that was also on, on fire for Jesus. And they became soul winners together, and he married her. And then one day they found themselves at somebody else's meeting, a, a healing meeting. That they didn't even know God still healed. And, uh, and discovered the healing power of God released and got filled with the Holy Spirit just like happens here, like happens in encounters and happens on weekends here. And the power of God rose up so strong inside of him. He said, well, if they, if they can bring healing, maybe I can as well. And he's reading the Bible. You see, his wife taught him how to read, and the only book he read was the Bible. And faith continued to grow inside of him. Can you grow in faith? Yes. It kept growing inside of him. And they would go together preaching the gospel. And then, then the healing power of God started to be released through them, through him especially. And one, you know, he loved his wife so much. They had four kids. And, and then she died early. And uh, what do you do? He was heartbroken, but not for long. He, he grabbed her and put her up against the wall and said, come back in the name of Jesus. And she fell to the ground and he picked her up again and Come back in the name of Jesus. He did it as many times as it took until she woke up, coughed a couple times, and said, Jesus wants me. Let me go. And fell down again, and he let her go. But he, although he was sorrowful for losing the love of his life, he preached for the God of his life. And Smith's Wigglesworth traveled all over the world and saw people raised from the dead, and, and he would... I heard stories where, where people would be limping down the street and they'd, they'd look and they'd see him coming and they'd try to limp away from him because they knew they couldn't. He was going to heal them right there on the spot and some of them were beggars. And they didn't want to be healed, they wanted to beg. But he had a reputation because faith rose in his heart. Just like the faith that God is raising up in yours. So why don't you grab your Bible now, turn it on. Or open it up uh, to John the 14th chapter. If you're watching online, turn, it, turn in your Bible to John chapter 14. And, and we're going to start reading at verse 1 and, and look into some keys of faith. Here in these verses, it's the night just before Jesus was betrayed. 
as he was sitting with the disciples, he prophesied to Peter that Peter was going to deny him. Peter never thought that he would ever deny Jesus. So this is kind of the, the, the setup as Jesus started to speak here in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, the way you know, and the way you know. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how are we know to know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you have known my Father also, and you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. And it is, a okay, just that. That's good. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works when these will ye do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. So, Father, we pray that these words would be imprinted on our hearts. Help us to know your word is for us today to live out, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you notice verse 12? I know many of you have memorized it. Let me read it in the New Living. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works. Because I go to be with my Father, you can ask for anything in my name. I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask anything in my name. I'll do it. Anyone who believes. How many believe? We have four believers. Quite a few in this section. A little less, over, no, okay. So we have people that believe. What do we believe? We believe if we get up in the morning, it's going to be a good day. Now, we believe in Jesus. We believe in who he said he was. We believe that he died and rose again from the dead to bring a new life for us that we can live every single day. Isn't that right? We believe one day he's coming back to get us but we're not trying to look for the rapture bus to get out of here. We want to do the works that he did and greater things than these. Let's get, let me, I see some of you taking notes. First, first point is this. Uh, Jesus gave us purpose. Say that word, purpose. 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 What's the purpose? To do what he did. Can you do what he did? Well, he said that we're supposed to. Jesus spoke it. He said, I want to give you a purpose. Do what I have done, and greater things than these you shall do. Well, what did Jesus do? Come on, help me out over this. What, what did Jesus do? What do you know he did? 
He healed the sick. Raised the dead. Cast out devils. Nothing in this section. Okay, so he was... He forgave sins, absolutely. Now, when we think of what Jesus did, that's what we think about, right? And we say, how can I heal the sick? How can I raise the dead? And, and we tend to think of ourselves limited because we know how natural we are. But friends, I believe it goes beyond that. He wants us to do all those things. But can I give you seven quick things that he did as well that we can do every day? Let me give you the first one. First thing Jesus did is he believed. He believed his father. He believed that his father had sent him. He knew who he was. Do you know who you are? Do you know who God says you are? You are a child of the living God. You are a son of God, a daughter of God. You are an heir of almighty God. Hallelujah. You are redeemed, blood bought. That's who you are. Do you believe that? If you believe it, it changes how you live. Is that right? Secondly, I'm trying to go quickly. Secondly, he prayed to his father. Do you pray? See, we think of all the miracles Jesus did, but we don't understand where the power came from. It wasn't just because his name was Jesus. It wasn't just because he was born of a virgin. He was filled. The Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism, and everything changed. The life of God continued and flowed forth from him in even greater power. But when the disciples were confronted with a little boy who was demon-possessed. Remember that? Deaf and dumb spirit in Mark chapter 9. The dad says, how come the disciples can't cast him out? He said, this kind goes out only through prayer and fasting. You see, Jesus went about doing good, healing all the oppressed of the devil, but he was involved in praying and fasting throughout his life. I've heard it said this way. Jesus' life was this. He went from one place of prayer to the next one. And in between, he did miracles. <laughs> but his life was a life of communication with his father. And it wasn't about how big he was, how great he was. When multitudes were there hungering for him to teach more, he said, got to go. And went privately and spent time with his father. He prayed, you can do that as well. You can do those works that Jesus did. Number three, he found people and invested his life and faith in them. Ones who would believe and follow him. So he went and invested in others. Could we do that as well? Could we actually find people, see a seed of faith in them and invest in them as well? I believe we can. Number four, he taught godly principles to multitudes. Well, sometimes you get a crowd around you. Sometimes there's opportunity to share little things, just principles of God. But then he went one-on-one -on -one and talked with the disciples and explained the details to it. He wants us to do that as well. Number six, he challenged, five, he challenged people to love and serve God. He went about challenging people to make a decision to love God above everything else. Remember uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 27, what's the greatest thing? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He went about, and he went exemplifying that. Number six, he mobilized, say that word, Mobilize. mobilize others to become fishers of men, to go out and do what he did. He actually didn't let them sit on their blessed assurance. Jesus is mine, okay? <laughs> but he got them up off that and got them out doing things and actually seeing the life of God flow through them. Last one, and this is the one we don't often think about Jesus doing and us wanting to follow him. He lived a sacrificial life. 
It doesn't say he owned this and that and the other thing and all the fancy, fanciest donkey with all the chrome, chrome donkey. He, that's, not, that's not what his life was about, you understand? He lived a sacrificial life where at the end of it, he, he said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. And that, that's, that's the purpose that he wants for us as well, that it's not about us having all the toys. The one with the most toys at the end of life wins. It's not that way. You know, you've heard it said, no U-Hauls on the way to heaven. So what we, have, what, we, what we came into the earth, we leave with, except for the souls we bring in. So God wants us to live that sacrificial life as well. We, you can live with purpose. Tell your neighbor, you can live with purpose. Go ahead. That's right. Wake them up. And as you live with purpose, he wants you to continue to believe in faith because he has given you a promise. So he wants promise. you to live with purpose, but then he wants you to believe the promise. Yeah. So he has given us promises, and as we read here, you will do what he did, and greater things shall you do. Some of us are still trying to just do what Jesus did, but his word is true. He wouldn't have written it if it wasn't true for you and I. He wants us to believe what he said. He wants us to understand that he has created us in a unique way. And when he hung on that cross, and when he gave up his life, and when he declared on that cross, it is finished. It wasn't just for him, but it was for you and I and everything that has happened in our life, everything that this world tries to conform our minds to, everything that the advertisements try to draw you to. He said, it is finished. You do not have to live by what they say, but you can live by what my word declares. And as you do, greater work shall you do. Whatever you need, I shall supply. He is the one that wants to come and be to us everything we need. It is the way that Canada shall be righteous as the righteous of this land. Rise up and believe what his word says. It says in Proverbs, the root of righteousness was founded. Our forefathers came to this land and down east in John Cabot landed in Canada. He planted the flag and he planted a Christian flag and the first thing he did was he knelt down and prayed and he declared this this land was for Canada. And as he did that, the righteousness of God was rooted in this land. As he started to visit the natives of this land, he brought healing to them as they were trying to use their natural remedies and different things. He brought healing. And you know, there, Simon Fraser University, I don't know if it's still there. It's the only university in Canada that had the textbook that told the true story of John Cabot, how he came to this land. You see, the enemy wants to discard. He wants to hide. He wants to put you in a closet. But Jesus is calling you to rise up. He's calling you to take your place wherever he has called you in this life, to take your place and believe the promise is true Believe it's not just for Pastor Rick. Believe it's not just for the leaders, the evangelists or missionaries, but for every believer that is a follower of Jesus, that you would believe the promise that God has given you.
And as we believe, we will see our cities changed. We will see our families changed. We will see our nation change because it's God's promise. Do you know we're the only country in the world that has a leaf on its flag? Revelations 22 says the leaf will be a healing for the nations. I don't know about your city, but my city, the nations are moving to. The, when I, I grew up in my city, when I grew up in Brampton, all that lived there were Anglo people. Today, the world lives in our city. It's easier for me to get ethnic food than it is traditional Canadian food. It's wonderful. I can eat jerk one night. I can have a little curry the next night. I can even get Filipino. It's not quite my favorite. <laughs> but God has brought the world here because his promise to you and I is that greater work shall we do. And as people come here, they haven't found Jesus in their land. But as they come to Canada, you and I can introduce them to Jesus. Yeah, we can help them find amen. the way that God has promised because he has empowered us to do greater works. Acts 1.8 says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be empowered from on high. And then he has prophesied his word over you. He continues to prophesy his word over us that we can do what he promised. Tell your neighbor, he has a promise for you. Amen. Have promises you do the works of Jesus, that you do greater works than him. I like that. How can you do greater works than Jesus? Well, did you know there's more of us than there were of Jesus? Like, I, you, you think about it. He was one man in one body. And he could only touch one person at a time. Whereas, imagine us if we spread out all over. How many people could we touch? First hand. Lay hands on the sick. Jesus could only lay hands on one. Whereas we can lay hands on one, each one of us. And hundreds of people can have that happen simultaneously. And then when I consider, you know, Jesus, when he was in Jerusalem, he was not in Galilee. He was a man just like, just like we are. And so he was fixed in location where he was. He never, when it, in his ministry, he never left Israel. He was right there. And yet Pastor Rick has traveled to many, many nations around the world, as many of you have, impacting people. Think about technology right now. Isn't it fantastic, the day we're living in? I'm so glad I wasn't, you know, how many would, would love to have been alive when Jesus was here? Can I see you here? Wouldn't that be great? When you got to go to Florida, you walk. Hallelujah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be just so great? Man, when the sun goes down, it's dark. Yeah, when you want something to do, there's no electricity. Wouldn't it be great? But God wanted us alive today so that we could utilize whatever he, he created and, and whatever he gave people inspiration. In fact, in the book of Daniel, it says, in the last day, knowledge shall increase, shall explode. Men shall travel to and fro. Man, I won't ask you who's going to be in Florida tomorrow, but I'm sure there's people here that are going to fly down someplace tomorrow. It's a different day. God has allowed us to be alive in this day to do greater things. How many brought your phone with you? Did you check in when you came to, to uh, WCF? 
No, no, with your Facebook. Come on, you guys, don't you use that? Okay, how many have a Facebook? The rest of you, liar, liar, pants on fire. Okay, so, so we understand lots of people don't want to admit it. I understand and you twit, your, your tweets or Twitters or twits or whatever you call them. And, and so you, all of those type of things, when you come here, let people know that you're coming. Is that good? And so how, how many of you have more than 100 followers on, on, on Facebook or Twitter? Come on, put, show your hand. Come on, God is watching. Look at all of you. Did you check in this morning and let them know? Now, right now, pull out your phone, check in, tell them where you are. Do you post things during the service? Do you do live video? Uh, what do they call it? Facebook Live. F Facebook Live during worship. Well, Pastor Jamie and, and well, they're up there. Jake and Jamie are up on stage. Do that. What are you doing? Everybody that knows you electronically starts to see what's happening and you post what Pastor Rick, wow, he just said this. Isn't that fantastic? Now all of your friends on Facebook know about it. You can do greater things than you can even imagine. And I, I'm happy that you don't have Facebook, my friend. No problem at all. But for the 1.4 billion people that do... We just want to utilize what God has given us. Amen? We can do greater things than, than, what, he, uh, than what he says, hey, than what Jesus could do in his day. Anyway. Okay. You don't have a cell phone either? Okay, that's all right. Bless her, Lord. Okay, go ahead. And if you're like me and don't know how to use it, just find a young person. They'll set you all up. So Jesus has given us purpose. He's given us a promise. But they only work by prayer. Now, uh, Randy already mentioned it a little bit. But as we come into that place, and you know what you're doing here in prayer is so wonderful. And, and it's encouraging some of the rest of us that we need to find that place of prayer even more. Because everything Jesus did was founded on prayer. And so if we want his word to be alive in our hearts, if we want to see the things that the Bible talks about happen through our lives, it has to be founded on prayer. It has to be founded in that place. He said, if you ask anything in my name, it's communication with him. All prayer is, is communicating with the Father. It's talking to the Father and telling him about what's going on. It's something we can do no matter where we are. It's good to come together corporately. It's important. We encourage each other. We strengthen each other. But we need to be able to pray wherever we are, whatever we're doing, that we're in a mode of prayer, believing God. You know, when you walk into the grocery store, is there somebody there I'm supposed to talk to? Is there somebody there? You know, I used to go to the grocery store just because I had to get groceries. I'd get in and out as quick as I could. And one day the Holy Spirit started to challenge me. You know, I worked at the church, so I worked with Christians. And then I'd leave and I'd go home, so I really didn't have a lot of interaction. And I started going to the grocery store and walking slowly through the crowd, believing God that somebody would start talking to me. And you know, it was absolutely amazing because week after week, I started having opportunity to lead people to Jesus just because I went to the grocery store with purpose, praying, believing the promise, and seeing God come about and move on my behalf. One day I was standing at the checkout. There was a 
guard in front of me and a guard behind me from the local jail. And they were talking over me about the prison system. And I waited for them to take a breath. And I said to them, I think you're wrong. There is hope. And they looked at me like, who are you? But you know, what they didn't know was my mother used to work in the prisons in Toronto. I knew a lot about the prisons. I've been locked up there many times. Good, good locked up. <laughs> Visiting. And as we talked, they wanted to have coffee with me because they'd never heard somebody say there's hope. You see, there are people waiting for you. And as you pray, as you have that purpose in your heart, God will open the right doors so that what's inside you will meet the needs of what's inside them. God is looking for you and I to find that place of prayer so we are intimate with him, so we hear his voice. And as we hear his voice, we can move out in what he gives us to do. You know, I discipled a girl uh, and um, she had lived very hard in the world. I wasn't like Randy. I grew up in the church. I met Jesus when I was five years old. So this girl had lived very hard. I didn't know a lot about the kind of life she lived. I didn't even back then understand the life she lived. Why she did some of the things she did made no sense to me. But she was coming to Jesus, and she was hungry for Jesus. She called me one day. Her husband worked out of town. She said, you've got to get over here real fast. I thought something terrible had happened. I got in the car, and I drove over. And when I got there... Her kitchen was flooded. The dishwasher broke. I said, call the plumber. She said, you told me God healed a herd of cows. Can't he heal my dishwasher? I wanted to say no. My head was yelling, no, no, no. Call the plumber, pay the money. But in my spirit, I knew God wanted to show her something. So I had to have hope that if I prayed, God's promise was true. And as we prayed, we went into the living room with our coffee. She turned the dishwasher on again. God healed her dishwasher. You see, God wants to move in our lives. He wants to use practical, everyday things to show others that he is alive, that his purpose for your life is to declare his glory. You may do it as a school teacher. You may do it in a store. You may do it in a hospital or a factory. But your purpose is to show the glory of God. Your purpose is to live out the promise of God. And as you find that place of prayer, as you come to him, as you live out that prayer every day in your life, he will show himself strong on your behalf. He will show himself faithful on your behalf. Years ago, I worked for a missions organization, and I was at this crusade, and it was horrendous. I did all the administration. I took care of the teams. But, you know, they didn't want us there, so they were throwing pipe bombs at us. They were burning the platform. You name it, they were doing it. But through it all, God was faithful. And God touched many people in that city. 
It was the last day. I was paying all the bills, making sure all my papers were right. They came and said, why are you here? Well, I'm here because I'm doing my job. No, no, you're supposed to be at this church. Well, nobody told me I was supposed to be at a church. There was all these women waiting for me, and I'm paying bills. But you see, I'm tired. I got to finish what I need to do. And somebody books me at a church and doesn't tell me. I had no anointing. <laughs> I, had, I didn't even have much faith. But I needed to go because they were waiting. So I looked around and I saw a girl that could sing. So it's always good to have a singer with you. <laughs> I learned that from evangelists. So always have a singer with you. <laughs> if nothing else happens, have them sing. <laughs> So I took her, and we're driving in the taxi, and she says, what are we going to do? I says, I don't know. <laughs> like, so we just started to pray, because I didn't know what to do. She didn't have a clue what was happening. And when we got there, the bishop met us. And as he stood there, all in his fancy robes, he speaks to me, and he says, you will not pray. So, okay, they've invited me to come. I now can't pray. I got nothing. Like, we're really going into a good meeting. So I go, and I, I don't know what I said. I didn't say very much because I didn't have much to say. And then I turned to him, and I said, Bishop, would you come and pray? And he looked at me, and he said, no, no, you pray. Now, I don't know what happened from with the start to that point. And as we started to pray, God started to move. And this lady, old, it was a little old lady, and she came up to the front. She started kicking me in the shins. And I didn't know what was going on, and I called the interpreter over. And as she came, she explained to me that this lady had been paralyzed on her one side. Her leg would not move. And she was so happy her leg was moving, she wanted to show me. You see... <laughs> You see, God will do what you can't do. But you see, during the whole time, I'd been praying for that crusade. I'd been praying for that city. I had been praying for God to move. And then I was obedient to what God wanted. And even though I didn't feel prepared, even though I didn't feel anointed, I was willing to walk through the door that God had and trust him. And as we do, God comes on the scene, and he does what only he can do. I tell you, when you obey God, when you have purpose in your heart, when you believe the promise, no matter what things look like, do you know faith is not intimidated? Faith doesn't care about the circumstance. Faith doesn't care about the atmosphere you're walking into. Faith can stand alone if you will believe the purpose and promise of God that he has for your life. You can walk into any circumstance. You can walk into any atmosphere. And faith will rise up. But God is looking for us to pray yeah. and believe. You see, when your heart is prepared, then God can move. But if you don't prepare yourself, God's not nothing to work with. So as you prepare yourself through prayer, 
then God will move in every area, every day of your life. Amen. If you can believe, all things are possible if we believe. Do you believe today? Do you believe that God has greater things for you? That Jesus wants to live his life out through you? Do you believe? Do you believe it enough to do something, to take a step of faith? To not just sit in a church and, and believe here and, and believe in your enthusiasm, but to actually go outside of these walls and impact lives for Jesus. See, that's his desire. That's what he has in store for you. This may even be your first time here. You're saying, what is this all about? If you can believe, all things are possible. God wants to use every single one of us. Not just those who come to church every week, but everyone who will believe in Jesus. Can we just lift our hands and start to worship him? Just start to talk to him. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe. Lord, I believe that what you have said you shall do. That even though you've begun a good work in me, you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Lord, I commit myself to do what you've said. I believe that you are working in me. You left planet Earth to empower me. You defeated the devil so that I can live victorious in this life, here on Earth, in this area. That's what you've called me to do. So I shall do it in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, the Holy Spirit just dropped something into my spirit. And I don't know who you are. I know if some business people here and um he just reminded me of a man that we knew years ago and he prayed and prayed for his staff to get saved but they weren't getting saved and he was trusting god and then god gave him this idea and i don't know this maybe this will speak to some of you business people but what he started doing he started scheduling them to work on sunday but their work was to come and sit in his church with him on Sunday. And he paid them to come to church. And one by one, they started getting saved. And before long, his whole business, he was in what, Barhead, Alberta. And his whole business turned around. It was already blessed. But it got even more blessed as, as the staff started to get saved. And so maybe there's some business people here. Maybe that speaks to you. But God wants to use us to touch people's lives and turn them around if we will believe his promise is true. Amen, amen. You know, can I just challenge you something else, just for a moment? I believe God's been touching all of our hearts today. I know he has mine. Think of Jesus. Really, this was just before he was betrayed. He knew what was happening. He knew what was gonna happen to him. And he took special time to communicate not just with his disciples, but with us, what we should do for our future. He invested the last moments of his life by saying, you will do what I've been doing, and you will do greater things than I've done. Because of those words, his disciples went beyond their fear empowered by the Holy Spirit, and spread out all around the area and now all around the world. What about us? 
what would we invest in those who are going to come after us? Do we want our kids to do greater things than we do? Do we want them to do the works of Jesus? Then perhaps what we do will determine to a great extent if they do. Will we believe in them? Will we encourage them? Will we stretch our faith out on their behalf? Will we, will we invest whatever it takes so that they have opportunities maybe that we never had? Many parents do that, but they do it in finances so the kids will get a better job. But can we consider the greatest purpose and invest in them? You've got a youth rally, a youth camp coming up. There may be some kids who can't go. Maybe yours aren't excited about going. Well, we had 104 at ours last week, week and a half ago. And one of them didn't want to go. But she'd been bad. Uh, bad enough that her mom said, you either go to the camp for five days or you're going down to your grandmother's for a month. She chose the lesser sentence. And in that time, in the camp, she committed herself back to Jesus. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. She got new friends that, that are on her side, believing God for her. And now she wants to do something for Jesus a days ahead. Invest in others. See how God will use you to impact the lives of others. Are we done? Okay. Should we do the, do you want to do the Kahoot? Do, 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 do. Do you, guys, do you guys want to do something else in, in about three minutes? Is that okay? So part of our purpose, Pastor Rick heads up One Nation, One Day for Canada. And July 2017, we are going to Nicaragua. And I am on the search right now for some professional people. We've taken lots of young people in the past to Honduras and Dominican Republic, and it's been wonderful. And we want all you young people to come with us. But I'm looking for some professional people. We need some school teachers that can talk to school teachers. We need some doctors, because we are in the ability to be able to set up a medical clinic and touch people in practical ways of life. I've got one doctor that's committed. I need two doctors to be able to launch a clinic. So I'm looking for one more doctor. I'd love to take a couple of dentists with me too. I've got a hygienist that's already signed up. So I've got an assistant for you if you're a dentist. So if you know anybody, talk to them. Purpose with a promise where God will take your natural skills yeah. and use them for God's glory. I tell you, it's a wonderful time. 3,000 people together, not just us, but 3,000 missionaries landing in a country that needs Jesus, one of the poorest countries in the world, and taking the gospel of Jesus Christ through every means possible, business, medical, practice, pastors, young people, and changing that nation. Can a nation be one in a day? Yes, it can with your help. As you rise up and stand with us, we can change a nation. God is on our side. Amen. So if you want to know more, onenationoneday.com. You can find everything out there. July 2017. Got a smartphone? Pull it out. Just, just take a moment. 
I want, I want to see if you learned anything today, okay? Go to your browser and type in kahoot.it. K-A-H-O-O-T dot I-T. Kahoot dot I-T. And we, we're going to give you five questions. You're going to have to be very quick today because they're only 10 seconds long, okay? And so they're just going to have to go real fast. So you just type in that number up there where it says game pin. It's 527-686. You press enter, and then you put uh, uh, just uh, your initials or, or something. Don't put Pastor Rick's name down. Just what, whatever you want that, uh, that works. Okay, did I get the wrong? I got the wrong number. Okay, so you're going faster than I am. All right. Good. We keep coming. First service, we had 104 people on. So let's see if you can do better than them. Okay, so we're coming in fairly quickly now. Good. We just take it. Again, it's going to go really fast once we start. We're going to ask questions. And on your smartphone or your tablet, whatever you're using, will come up four colored blocks. And the answers are in one of those colored blocks. You select the color block. The speed at which you select it determines how many points you get. We're going to see who wins the game. All right? So this is how it's going to happen. Uh, Pastor Kathy's there. She already knows some of the answers, so you're going to have to be really fast to beat her today. But I think you can do it. And uh, again, thank you so much for allowing us to be here today. If you're watching online, you can actually, you can actually go to kahoot.it on a second device if you want, and you can play online, and, and we can do this. All right. Ready to go? I see there's uh, pretty well solid. Okay, let's hit start, and let's see the first question. Five questions. Remember, 10 seconds. You have to go fast. First question is, I'm a believer in Jesus. Therefore, I will believe him for what? For finances, healing, friends, uh, salvation, world peace. Let's see what you want to believe God for today. We'll see where. Here we go. Time's up. Only 62 of you got in. You're going to have to be faster. Eight people want world peace. Praise the Lord. Thank you for the world peace, guys. You did well. Next one. Let's go. Let's see who, who's at the... Zoe's at the top. Okay, next one. Here we go. She's got flowers. Who is Jesus speaking to in the scriptures? Let's see who he was speaking. Was it the Pharisees? Was it uh, John the Baptist, the multitude, or his disciples? Who was it? Uh, don't, don't tell them. Okay, two, one, eight. Ninety-nine of you got in that time. Let's see. Look at... Well done. Give yourselves a hand. Excellent. He was speaking to us. Okay, next question. So let's see how we did. Zoe's still at the top. Okay, here we go. It's getting close. Cowboys catching up. The most important I can, person I can please is my spouse, <laughs> my kids, my heavenly father, all of the above. Let's see where you are on this one. Let's see how quick I see young people playing here. Three, two, what? 112 that time. Woohoo! Cowboy passed Zoe. Here we go. That was fast. Okay, we got some competition going. Number four. My priority in pleasing God is to pray lots, heal the sick, witness to friends, all of the above. Pick one. Let's see which one gets the most votes here today. Three, two, one. This 10 second goes fast, doesn't it? Cowboy's still ahead by 32 points. Okay, next one. Last one. Come on, Zoe. Got to be faster. I want to invest in the next generation, therefore I will do what? Pray for them, encourage them, correct them, open doors for them. See what you answer. I didn't give you an all of the above. 
Let's see where we go. Next, Zoe wins. Woohoo! Yay, Zoe! 